I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and deep dive into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality. Learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships. Because everything starts with you. Hello and welcome to the Brand Therapist Podcast. I am super, super excited about our guest today, Dominique Jones. But before we get started, let me read her bio. Dominique Jones is an executive director of Partnership in Property Commercial Land Trust. Prior to coming to PIP CLT, Dominique was the program director at City of Lakes Community Land Trust, overseeing the Commercial Land Trust initiative before it spun off to become PIP CLT. Prior to her work in commercial and trust, Dominique was the program manager at Medi, where she launched the Medi Mini MBA program, an accelerator for business owners of color. She also oversaw the pilot program called the Junior Achievement Medi Fellows. This program provided entrepreneurship training to the middle school and high school students at risk communities. Prior to her nonprofit experience, Dominique owned a small business in the Mall of America called the Drop-In Shop Child Entertainment Center and currently owns a talent management company called EPE Entertainment Promotion Enterprise, a business that she founded in 2009 and a trucking company called the Next Level Logistics. Now, this is why I have to say something before we end this in, in this bio. I got your archetype and it's so right on point. So I know it's not wrong, but let's continue. She holds a BA international management, social justice with concentration in law, legal studies, and received a paralegal and Spanish proficiency program from Hamelin University. She also holds an MBA in project management, management information and systems and finance experience. Dominique grew up in North Minneapolis and now she resides in Elk River. So I had the pleasure of actually meeting Dominique in person a couple of weeks ago in Minneapolis. Love that city. So amazing. Sorry, except for the winter. But <laughs> other than that, <laughs> it's amazing. So welcome, welcome, Dominique. How are you today? Thank you. I am well. So I actually have to update my bio. I recently relocated out of Minnesota. So I was born and raised in Minnesota. Um, I'm now in Texas. And so, but I'm, I'm new here. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. congratulations. Welcome to Texas. Where in Texas are you? Uh, Fort Worth, Saginaw. Okay. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about, I know you have a, you do a lot of things, but tell me a little bit about what you're focusing on today and what you're doing in Texas now. Yes, yeah, so I recently launched a business consulting firm. It's called Jones Scott and Edwards. And so that's my newest venture that I'm going to try to provide consulting services to you know businesses, um, individuals throughout the country, but really hoping that I can get some contracts developed here so that I can start to plant some seeds in Texas. But all of my other businesses are based out of Minnesota. So I run a nonprofit organization called Partnership and Property Commercial Land Trust, PIPCLT for short. 
I also have a real estate development company that I recently started late last year. I'm trying to work on my first new construction in the beginning of next year. And then I have the trucking company that I co-own. And yeah, so I mean, they all keep me very busy. <laughs> but, um, you know, I love living the life of an entrepreneur. I love it too. And well, let's get into this first. Now, I tell everybody that I don't call this the Brand Therapist Podcast for nothing. We start with a little bit of a childhood story. So tell me a childhood story and connect it back to what you do today. So I started my first business unofficially, I guess, because I didn't register it when I was in the seventh grade. And it was for young girls. I was a young girl, so it was really for my peers. And it was really to provide a space for us to be able to just talk about various issues that we were experiencing and brought in older adults who could also mentor us. And um, yeah, we just, we had cookouts, we had a lot of fun. And so that kind of went actually all the way through into high school. And then, yeah, when I was a child, I was involved in a lot. So my parents were entrepreneurs and so they um, owned real estate property. And that's kind of what piqued my interest in real estate. I always knew one day I would probably get into the real estate business. And my stepfather, he also worked a full-time job. He retired from Northwest Airlines, which is now Delta. So we traveled a lot. I was very fortunate as a, a kid to be able to like just explore the world, see a lot. And I think it just really opened my mind up to the different possibilities. So I wasn't limited in my thinking. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I also knew I wanted to have a career in law. That's kind of what led me down my path. But when I was a kid, my first job was with a nonprofit organization. I was a peer educator for the Minneapolis Urban League, and I helped at-risk youth. Um, I educated them on various health topics such as STDs, HIV, AIDS, tobacco usage, drug usage, early childhood pregnancies, uh, things like that. And so, yeah, I was very educated in just a lot of different topics that I think at-risk youth were facing in my neighborhood at the time. And then I worked for another nonprofit called Federal Forum. I worked with the children of incarcerated mothers and helped to reconnect them. So the mothers were going to be transitioning back into society from prison. And I was really kind of that bridge to help them connect back with their children. And I really enjoyed that work. But yeah, I mean, I just always wanted to educate. I was a mentor. Even when I went to college, I still worked in middle schools, providing mentorship, tutoring services, so I did that throughout college, but I always wanted to just help people. I remember when I interned for the um, Innocence Project, which was helping convicted felons to who were wrongfully convicted to get released from prison. And I remember just reading a ton of different stories about you know how people led their lives and how they ended up incarcerated um, and in the system. It was always very sad. And I always wanted to just be there to try to help as much as I could. Because again, I had this worldview of what could be and I knew that it expanded far beyond my neighborhood. Wow, such an amazing childhood and so many experiences. But I'm going to go into asking this question around fame. And what I mean by fame is not necessarily celebrity fame, but more about tell me a story about an impact or a legacy you want to leave behind about what you do. So that's what I say. So tell me your story about fame and how you want to create that for yourself. I always wanted to own something because I wanted to pass it down to my children. And my children, to be honest, my entertainment company, I started when my 
oldest son now who's 16, he was probably about three years old. We were out, he was sitting outside of um, a nail shop and he had this little singing frog that he had gotten for Christmas. And he was just playing it. He was dancing to it. And it was like, let me take you to Funky Town. And he was just dancing away. And there was like a crowd of people who really like were amused by this child and his entertainment. So I was doing entertainment before he was when he was just a baby. But I shifted my whole business to really focus around him. And so I started to manage him. And he became an actor and a model. And he lived in California and L.A. for a while. He was on the set, um, Disney set. He was in a number of commercials on billboards, buses. Like his career was pretty successful for such a young kid. When he turned about 12 or 13, 13, I think is when he retired from acting. I think it became too much work for him. But I still support him to this day. But he has worked um, an intern in my businesses And I really try to mentor him around business, even if he doesn't choose to, you know, run my business one day or or work in it. I really try to help him to see that, you know, he has a business mind, always has, and that he can really do whatever he chooses to do. And so he wants to be a, a YouTuber. And so that's where he puts a lot of his time and energy. But, you know, I support that. But again, I just wanted to be able to leave something behind so that my kids know that anything is possible. If it's something that they really are talented at, really love to do, that they should pursue it. I don't like to put my children in a box. My youngest son followed behind him and became an actor. He actually had one movie credit, which my oldest son did not have. Even my youngest son looking at, you know, his older brother and watching me has also picked up on things that he wants to do. He likes baseball. And so I just feel like regardless of if they take over the company business one day, at least they know the possibilities that they can really do what it is that their heart desires. I love that. Let's go into your archetype. You went through the test. It was two questions and you came out as an explorer. It makes total sense. You actually even used the word explorer. I don't know if you noticed it in uh, your conversation. So let me read it to you. An explorer sees an open road in front of them and is attracted to experiences that make them feel independent and free. The motivation is adventure. The need is to constantly seek The fear is being repetitive and the behavior to six out new things, six cultural enrichment and strives for continual self-improvement. The words are inquisitive, self-reliant, spontaneous, adventurous, and independent. So let me ask you, what is inquisitive to you? What does that mean? Just define it in a couple of words. It's kind of like not accepting things for just what you see them as. It's kind of digging deeper, really trying to seek out more from what you see Look what's behind the curtain. You know, that's what it is to me. What about self-reliant? Really relying on what I'm capable and able to do. Again, not limiting myself, but knowing that if there's something that I want to do, I have to find it within myself to pull it out of myself to do it. And so to me, that's self-reliant. What about spontaneous? Taking a chance, taking a risk, doing something that you've never done before. Maybe not having it all planned out. Like the way that I plan my life has not gone (laughs) according to plan. But being able to pivot, being able to, you know, be adaptable and nimble. To me, that's spontaneity. What about adventurous? Adventurous is really living life. Just having fun, enjoying each day, taking it in, taking in all the sights. Again, I love to travel. I love to study new culture. That's why I have a Spanish certification because I do feel like that's a part of life as an adventure. Yep. And the last one, independent. Being able to think for myself. I I take in a lot of information. I have mentors. I love to learn. 
but then also being able to go out and do some things without necessarily having someone hold my hand through it or having someone to always tell me, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. Being able to really think and do things on my own. I love it. So what did you feel about the Explorer? Does that sound right for you? It does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love how two questions can truly define an individual. And that's how I use my method. I use that to really execute on all the parts. We're talking about that. Let me ask you, what do you feel is your personal brand? Like if you had to define it, what would it be? What is it? When I think of my personal brand, I think of titles, I guess, like what describes me. And I really would say like, first and foremost, you know, I'm a Christian. God is my leader, the head of my life. And that's a really a core of who I am and how I was raised and how I kind of lead this life. Secondly, I'm a mother. That's my top job. It's getting a little bit easier as they get older, but sometimes I feel like I'm kind of obsolete in their lives because they don't need me as much. I've raised them to be pretty independent. <laughs> so <laughs> they're venturing off on their own, but I'm still a mother. You know, I'm still there if they need me. I still try to guide and do my part as their mother. And then, you know, I'm a friend, I'm a daughter, you know, I'm all these things to so many different people. Um, and that means a lot to me. And I take that very seriously. That makes up who I am. That is my brand. We thank our sponsor, BespokeBranding.io. Tailored branding to reach your ideal client. Gain a deeper level of understanding to empower your brand and purpose and rule the market. We know what it's like to journey from a place of feeling overwhelmed and undervalued to being powerful, understood, and authentic. Your brand identity allows you to live your purpose. The Brand Therapist has 20 years of branding and design experience, has transformed billion dollar brands, and has eight plus years of guiding women entrepreneurs to realize their potential. I invite you to take the brand quiz and you can find it at www.bespokebranding.io. Let's go into something deeper. What is your greatest fear? And this has been since I was a very young girl. I have always had a plan B for if I ever got so low in life, what would I do to prevent myself from ending up on the street corner holding up a (laughs) cardboard box? (laughs) That's always been my greatest fear is being like homeless, not having anything to call my own. And so I've always had a plan A, B, and C to prevent myself from ever getting to that point. So that's probably my greatest fear. (laughs) I love that. You know, everybody has a different sense of the word fear. And I love how you kind of managed it in like a plan A, B, and C, which I love it. Let me ask you this. Tell me something that you had to kind of cross the chasm about, like something that was holding you back. And then you were able to kind of get through that difficult time. Um, well, I know that one of the most challenging career moments in my life was trying to open up a business in the Mall of America. Mm. I mean, I'm so happy that I went through that experience because it truly took away a lot of fears that I had around just going into, you know, being an entrepreneur and owning my own business. We were told no quite a bit, but it was so interesting that every time someone told me no, I said, I'm not taking no as an answer. I'm like, I will open this business in the Mall of America. And 
because of that resiliency and not taking no as an answer and not allowing people's no's to deter me from what I wanted to do, we were able to do it. And I think regardless of whether it was successful or not, being able to get to that point where no matter what I was told, I'm going to do it regardless. And the fact that I was able to do it regardless of being told no, my confidence just went through the roof. I, I can do anything. <laughs> and I needed that. I think that if at that moment, if I had said, okay, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to accept the no. I don't know if I would be where I am today. Yeah. I love that you said that because it reminded me of when I had left my big corporate job and I decided to go into fashion in Louisville, Kentucky. And people were like, I don't think you're going to make it in fashion in Louisville, Kentucky. And somebody said, uh, you know, fashion shows, I don't know if you can pull that off. I had never done a fashion show before in my entire life. I love fashion, but I kind of thought about it like you, like I have to do this now because somebody's it's told me I can't. <laughs> and so I kind of went and did it. And I'll tell you, like you said, it might not have been the most financially lucrative business that I have ever done, but it definitely built my self-confidence. And it also gave me the opportunity to do a TEDx and to be on Forbes and to do all these things that other people would never have dreamed of doing. But because I persevered and I made it happen, now, you know, I'm very well known here in Louisville, Kentucky. In that sense, you know, although my business is kind of transferring over back to branding where I was before I did the fashion things and actually COVID kind of stopped all of that because of all, you know, closeness and things like that. I was also ready to kind of let that go at that moment in time because it was very stressful. Every time after the show, I would be sick and all these things. But it kind of helped me understand the reasons why I did things. And it helped me really form my life around certain elements. And so I to totally, because my opposite is actually explore, but we won't go into that right now. And so I understand a little bit of how that comes to be. So let me ask you, three lessons learned in your lifetime, whatever three lessons you think are important for you. I mean, one lesson that I've learned is to really do something that I love to do. Don't do it for the money. There were times I was chasing money and I was getting myself into all these different types of businesses that were not mine. I didn't create them. I was, you know, really at helping someone else's dream or whatever. And it just didn't work. It didn't, it never worked out. And so I really try to focus on creating businesses that I like things that I like to do. And I really don't try to focus too much on doing it just for the money because the money seems good. Another lesson is to constantly learn so that I can evolve. I feel like evolving, you can only do it when you're learning. <laughs> and so never stop learning, never stop taking in wisdom. I really try not to think that I know it all because I don't. Um, I try to surround myself with people who are smarter than me if possible <laughs> in a lot of different areas. A third lesson I've learned is that failure is okay. Failure is not necessarily a negative thing. As an entrepreneur, you have to really be comfortable with failure. And because if you're not, then you will allow it to consume you and prevent you from really being able to move on in your life to bigger and better things. You learn a lot 
through failure. I've learned a lot through failure. And so I do not look at failure as being end all to everything. It's really a, a catapult to the next thing. Oh, I love that piece. For some of us, risk is too risky, right? And sometimes taking those risks, even if you don't end up on the right side, it's always a learning and an experience that, that you will have forever and it'll help you move forward in maybe other directions or a better direction after all. So let me ask you, where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? It took me a long time to move out of the state of Minnesota. Uh, fear held me back a lot from doing that. And then also just opportunities. But now that I have moved, it's very stressful. <laughs> so I think I'm going to stay planted in Texas for a while, probably for the next 15 years. But my, so that was one of my life goals was to move out of Minnesota. But another one of my life goals, which I'm hoping, you know, in the next five to 10 years, I can start to explore even more is dual citizenship, moving out of the country. That's a, that's a big one for me. And even being able to maybe do business internationally is something that I desire in the next five to 10 years. Do you have a country in mind? I'm looking at Colombia, but again, it's it's really hard because I've only visited these places once. And so I feel like I have to visit quite often, but I have friends who live there. Probably a Spanish-speaking country is what, is what I'm looking at. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm a part of this group on Facebook where it's um, a lot of African-Americans who have moved abroad um, and they talk about their experience and they, they give so much information around it. And so I'm learning so much about so many different places. And I'm like, I don't know exactly where I might end up, but I know I want to end up somewhere outside of the United States. Oh, that's great. I love that name, Dominique Jones. And I love that you name your business Jones. I, I love all that. So tell us, where can people reach out to you? Where do you like to hang out on social if people want to know more about maybe you having helped them on their business, on their entrepreneurship journey, or any of those things, where can they reach you at? Yeah, the best place is probably LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook too, so, and I'm on Instagram, but LinkedIn is where I get a lot of professional inquiries, you know, and stuff like that. So that's probably the best place, Dominique Jones. My organization's on a PIPCLT. Great. Well, Dominique, I'm so honored to have interviewed you today. And I'm so happy on your work you're going to do in the next few years. I know that moving is a stressful thing, but I'm sure you're going to love where you are and you're going to knock it out of the ballpark. So thank you. Thank you for being. No, thank you for inviting me. This was an honor. I haven't honestly spoken on a podcast since years. So this was... <laughs> This was really nice to be asked to speak on your podcast. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you, everybody, for being here with us today on the Brand Therapist Podcast. And I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you would like to connect on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding or bespokebranding.io. And if you would like to do the brand character quiz, go to bespokebranding.io and click on brand quiz. Or you can email me at yamilka at yamilka.com. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.